Well, a very warm welcome back to the Humble Climb Season 2. As you can probably tell, I've been away for a couple of weeks and got a new shirt that I wanted to wear as well. So I just bought that last <laughs> week, Damo. What do you reckon? It's looking good, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm pretty happy, As man, always. Because it's a bit of like a, a tan. I want it to just be as fresh as I can. Oh, so, you are looking mate, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try to be as relaxed as I can. So season two, we're back. And a, a massive, massive thank you to obviously sponsors that have jumped on board again and always the continuous uh, the continuous growth. You know, those that come, those that go, I always appreciate regardless. So a big, big thank you um, to those that sponsored in season one and those that are coming on in season two. So, you know, kicking off with Bonza Snowballs, who's back again for uh, another season. Amazing. I don't actually have any of their products today because I'll be honest with you, I totally forgot to bring it. So that's on me. So, um, but the boys there, they're amazing. So Bonza Snowballs, thank you so much. Gigi Herring Kids, as always. I know you've got three little ones, mate. So when the time yeah. comes and you're coming from Keelor down to Huntingdale to get a, a haircut, I know where to send you. <laughs> Barbecue Brothers Catering, they're a new one that have just come on. They're uh, amazing. So for your, your next function and you being European background, um, well, you've got, you got the, the Chivapes, don't you? The Chivapes, mate. Yeah, you've got yeah. the Chivapes. So yeah. we'll, uh, Andrew and the team will put on some Chivapes for you. And lastly, B&A Car and Truck Repairs. They're traveling in and out of the place. So uh, the whole Anagnostiatus family are, are absolute bosses. So a big, big thank you. But let's uh, kick things off. Damien Kavka, welcome to Dumble Climb. Thanks for having me, mate. Funny, funny story how I met myself and Damo met. So when I finished school, I was studying sports management. And you're 26. Just turned 27. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't look at it. You're absolutely yeah. Anyway, it's a rooster, <laughs> rooster anyway. So uh, when you finished, well, you were, yeah, year 12 and yeah. I was a couple of years out of school. I was I was doing some work experience out of a sports management uh, talent agency called Blue Rock Sports. Shout out to Paulie Kudafidis, the great man. Um, and you were obviously an up and coming talent within the footy world. And we thought, righto, this guy's European. We're European. <laughs> We're every chance to get in this guy. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a Cav He's a Cav guy. He's a Cav guy. <laughs> He's going to go with the Demianos and the Kudafidis. Um, But I remember coming over to your house on a Saturday. We, we did the whole, well, I didn't really pitch. I didn't really do anything. I just sat in it just for work experience. <laughs> but and your mum was a hairdresser. She was doing the hair out of, the, out of your house, everything like that. And, uh, yeah, we were trying to get you to sign with Blue Rock. Um, and funnily enough, yeah. as the way that worlds collide, you uh, didn't know going Blue Rock's way, but we kept in touch uh, yeah. for a fair while and uh, and you ended up going and doing some pretty cool things. Yeah, no, it was good. It, like I, I remember it felt like yesterday, geez, that you guys come around and I remember it sitting at the, the dinner family dinner table and, um, you know, going through that part of, um, I guess, the journey of, you know, player managers and this and that yeah. in my former life um, playing footy. Um and um, to see that, you know, always hit it off well with you and, and Paul, who I still ask about today because I've got the utmost respect. And um, it's amazing how life just continues on. And, you know, after so much happening over the last, say, 10 years or whatever it's been, 11 years, we still keep in contact. And Matt, it's gone. Are. It's gone full circle, which is crazy. We're going to get into it because um, obviously I'm no longer in uh, any sort of uh, sports management. The only thing I represent now is houses. <laughs> and um, you went through the whole selection of uh, of talent, of, of, of agencies, and you ended up getting picked up. Pick 66 in the 2014 draft. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I did yeah. my research, as you can tell. Yeah, that's it. I saw yeah. that about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I always wanted little things. But yeah, you went to West Coast. And of all places, an 18 year old yeah. European kid going from Melbourne to <laughs> Perth. <laughs> yeah, like it was a bit of a shock. I remember, uh, well, now my, my wife, 
she turned around and she said to me, obviously she, she was a bit sheltered, um, mm -hmm. which is, which is what I love about her because she's so innocent. And she said, everyone's screaming and like, I probably slid a bit more than what I'd expected because yeah. of what ultimately ended my career any, anyway. But, um, she turned around as everyone settled and everyone's jumping everywhere and all jumping all over me. And she turned around, she's like, is that in South Australia? <laughs> and, um, I just started laughing and it was, it was actually funny, like, because, um, I was a, everyone that knew me coming through, they knew I was a collector for AFL jerseys. Yeah. Right. So I had every single AFL club's jersey, even though I was a Collingwood supporter growing up. And, um, I remember when Nick Nat got drafted to West Coast, the first thing that I got when he got drafted was a West Coast jersey. With number nine on it? Nah, I didn't get the number nine on it in the end, but I, it was so hard in Victoria to find a West Coast jersey. And I remember I sent my mum when I was younger, geez, I would have been probably 14 at the time, 15. And I said, I needed that jersey. I need that jersey. And then all of a sudden, you know, your worlds collide and you end up meeting them and this and that as time goes on. But yeah, it was pretty, Um, it was surreal. Like obviously, you know, European descent and, Close family, like I am very close. Like my my dad's still my my best mate. So for me to move over there, um, it was a real eye opener. Um, but you know what? I I don't regret. I guess the opportunity and um, you know, I guess the experience of me going over there probably formed me as a my character and how I am today. Hundred percent amazing. Like and I, I look for me if someone had said to me as an eighteen year old who the furthest I've gone from. I know he's sort of Oakley, <laughs> um, but if anyone said to me to go to WA, I went to WA once uh, to Fremantle when I was super, super young, but I, you know, it's, a, it's such a you know, four hour flight, which yeah, it's crazy because you think nowadays we do Europe and we take 24 hours to yeah. get there. We don't even care, but it's Perth. It's like, wow, it's four hours. It's literally four hours in a different time zone. Like I remember obviously going over there and I'm coming home from dinner, uh, from training, sorry. And I'm eating dinner and my folks, my parents and family, it's 9pm here yeah. because it was summer. I remember we went December 1, so the draft was on Thursday. They gave us till the Sunday, Sunday night, I was on a plane. Wow. And then it was a three-hour difference because of daylight savings. And um, Were you, you shitting yourself a bit? Um, no, I wasn't because it was my dream and I, I, I did work um, my ringer off to try and um, yeah. obviously get into the league and, um, I did everything I possibly could, um, to give myself the best possible opportunity to get drafted in which I did. Um, unfortunately, you know, with injury and stuff like that, um, which, you know, was a big part of my life. Um, and that experience that I went through with my injury, yeah. um, probably really grew me, um, as in to form my character and being humble and 100%. always looking forward. So nah, I wasn't, I was nervous. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, walking into the club, you start struck. I've rocked up to the, rocked up to the airport with Tom Lamb, Liam Duggan, Jackson Nelson, and it was myself. So us four Victorians and, um, I'll stay that first night I was staying at Scott Salwood's house and I'm just like, geez, like this is, um, this is real. It's real. Yeah. So, um, the next day we were in the club and we were ready, ready to go, meeting all the boys, getting the uniforms. It was like a boyhood dream, but I guess you kind of um, look at it and say, well, this is what you wanted. And did they put you with a host family or something? Yeah. So I was with a host family, which was fantastic, but obviously um, 
yeah, I, I, I did it a bit different. Um, I was lucky that I, I moved out pretty quick from the host families within probably three months. Yeah, okay. Um, and I moved in on my own. Um, it gave me the ability for my family to come up, um, uh, for whenever they wanted, at least they had a place to stay. Um, and, uh, I just guess it was more comforting for me, I yeah. would say. Um, He's got a girlfriend it's, as well. It, yeah, I had obviously m- my girlfriend who's now my wife. wife yep. Um, and for me, um, you know, she was obviously stayed here throughout that proce- process and yep. she was in transition of moving up before I had to retire. But, um, yeah, she, like it was easy for us. So school holidays, she, she could come over. And then all the boys, it was actually a really good thing because the boys um, that were from Victoria, they were with host families and they stayed with their host families. But – it gave them a point to be comfortable, yeah. and um, you know there was there was rarely a night that I'd stayed there myself because the boys would just say, "Can I stay over?" So yeah. you know I had four bedrooms, five bedrooms. The boys would stay there. We'd all get, crack along and do our thing. Um, you know, it, it was I guess comfortable for everyone. Um, and yeah, like looking back, it it um, made me have to learn to be a big boy. Yeah. Obviously, my mum did a lot for me um, <laughs> growing up. I didn't really have to do a lot. Whereas living on your own, you you kind of have to learn to fend for yourself. Um, sort of um, showed independence from a real quick and early age, I think, because uh, at 18, 19, like, you know, a lot of us moved out only a couple of years ago into mm-hmm. our own homes. I mean, yourself, you're, you're now a dad of three at 27, which we'll get into. But, um, you know, it certainly shows independence, but I, I, I probably understand as well where you're coming from with, you know, sometimes just wanting your own space, like in, in European families, I don't think anyone would ever understand unless you're in one, Yeah, how we operate and how yeah. we work. Like, um, we're very loud when, yeah. um, we're not loud, oh, loud, loud, you know, my sister, funny story, picked me up from the airport last week, <laughs> just off topic and speaking aloud. And my sister picked me up from the airport last week when I got back. And first thing in the morning, it was about 5.36 a.m. And she was she was just talking normally. But in yeah. my opinion, it was loud. Yeah. So I was like, man, can you just keep it down a bit, man? Like you're so loud first thing in the morning. But I just realized that's just a, that's just yeah. a European yeah. thing. Exactly. So, um, and also like we do get bottle coddled to a degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 100%. you know, I guess they're always going to be like that. And knowing your parents, I'm sure they would have been up probably more often than other parents yeah. in Perth as well. Well, yeah. Mum spent a lot of time. Obviously, I, I, had, I had my battles with um, a pretty – severe injury and stuff, which, you know, I needed a bit of assistance because I was a bit debilitated um, with it. But, um, yeah, dad at the time was finishing up, retiring. It was it was good that um, he had a project in WA out in Forestfield there and he would come up. But when he'd come up, he'd be putting things together for the house, putting table tennis yeah. tables together, putting flat packs together. So he didn't really enjoy it. He was just going to my lackey there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just going to the footy club and just doing my thing. But, um, yeah, no, nah, it was it was good. Like, at the end of the day, like, I was a pretty structured kid yeah. coming through. Um, I was driven and I just needed that for me. Um, and, you know, like, it, everyone's different. Like, everyone has th- does things differently. Um my goal was to hopefully be there for a very long time and and um, hopefully contribute to su- some success. Um, and, you know, it didn't eventuate like that, but it is what it is. That's life. 100%. You know? I think the way that um, – and, and, we'll, and we'll, again, we'll go around the, through the, the full circle of things, but, um, you know, seeing your growth as a person from when you were an 18-year-old and well, 17, 18 when we first met to where you're at now 10 years later, like it's – 
pretty incredible. Um, and we're quite close mates, obviously. Like you were at my thirtieth, yeah. you know, last month. So um, it's really cool to to see your growth as a human and as a person. But it all stems from obviously the family. In my opinion, like the ethics and the morals are just there from a, a ground base. Like I never forget, obviously, walking into your home when I first came through. It definitely reminded me of my home to a degree because it was just so loving and caring and very, very, very family orientated people. Obviously, you you have the uh, the the injury. Like yeah. I know you've told me about it before as to how it happened. Like, can you just replay for a bit as to how exactly the foot injury really took place? Because it's kind of a freakish. It is a freakish thing, and you know, it's um, it definitely is real freakish. And the the way that it goes is um, yeah, it's like you know, on draft night, I knew a hundred percent. Well, I got a call um straight after the draft when I got picked up by West Coast and. I remember replaying it, and it was um, one of my coaches, Graham Bergen, who um, Bergs is a funny bloke from Calder Cannons, and um, he said to me, "Demo, we love uh, the voicemail was I love you, mate, but just letting you know you were a pick away from staying in Victoria." And I started laughing because Richmond had that pick, the next oh, pick, and to see obviously the tenure they went on to have, um, and they picked Dan Butler in that pick. Did I they? think it was, yeah. Wow. And look, that's obviously coming from Bergs, but. Um, so then obviously going over there and I loved every minute in Perth. Um, I love West Coast. I still do. Um, the club's just fantastic and you yeah. don't realise how big they are and how much of a powerhouse they yeah, are until exactly. you're there. Um, and then obviously um, my injury, um, I guess in a brief in a brief way, um, it kind of stemmed from I had a concentrated bit of arthritis that probably a few clubs were a bit scared of um, coming through the draft in my – Is it just from overwork? Uh, to be honest, um, it's a hard one to say. Like it's not from probably overworking, but every person in their body has a weak point in their body. My Some may be in uh, – <laughs> My stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might have it in their arm or whatever it is. Unfortunately, mine was in my foot and it was in a pretty severe big bone, the navicular. Um, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And um, clubs were a bit scared, so I had a little bit of a lesion in there getting drafted and then I went over there and anyway, I, we were in an intra-club game and how it happened was I went to go kick the ball and someone dived to tackle me and as they went to dive to tackle me, my ba- my foot basically snapped in three spots. And um, yeah, it was like pretty, pretty sore, but um, we'd thought, okay, we'll just go through the process. I got a scan. Um, there was a little fracture in there and this uh, lesion, it was called a transchondral lesion, was popped up on there, but we already had known about it. So yeah. we thought, oh, it's okay. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, um, you know, I was obviously I was immobilised for a little while um, due to the fracture. The fracture had healed and the lesion uh, hadn't healed. And as I would start to wait bare, I'd get more of a sore foot. So then we went back for scans again and there looked to be a big, bigger hole in the lesion. All right. So what essentially had happened was they said, okay, well, it's not the fracture, it's this lesion. It's been disur- it's been disturbed by the fracture. Um, so cutting a very long story short, multiple times, um, got it assessed. Um, we went to surgeons. They said that because of the area that it is, because of the cartilage, you can't grow it back and the cartilage is all broken down and there's like a, it's, they called it a disease in the, in the bone. Um, from the top and the side and underneath the foot, the foot, the bone was strong. Is this right or left? Um, this was on my left. And you were right? Right-footed. Yeah, okay. So um, 
everything was strong, but internally, inside, it was becoming hollow. So um, as I was walking, my bone was eroding away wow. because the thing that the osteochondritis dissecans, whatever they call it, um, that it didn't like was fluid and fluid was getting in because there was no cartilage barrier. So I was washing the bone away, washing the bone away. I had multiple surgeries. They were all trials um, where they tried drilling the bone to promote blood flow for it to calcify. And then, you know, hopefully that would then solidify the bone. But my biggest thing was I couldn't grow the cartilage back. Wow. So every time I would get the surgery, um, every time I'd start weight bearing, my foot would hurt even more. So what was happening was that where they had drilled, was getting washed away more, so I was losing more bone. Ultimately, after about five or so surgeries, it come to a point where um, I still remember the day. Um, Mark uh, Mark Blackney was the bloke, like they had gone afar and tried to see what different surgeons there were to, to I guess, do the best treatment for me to keep my career going for as long as possible. And um, no one had any proof in the pudding. So the best person to do it was um, Mark Blackney. And, um, you know, he trialed a few of the surgeries and it come to a point where I remember we were at the 2015 grand final um, with Hawthorne um, and we lost that. And we had our exit meetings at the end of that year. And, um, you know, I had a meeting with Simo and that, everything was good. And, and who sits on those meetings just quietly? It's just, like, it's, is it just you and, you and Simo? Uh, I think every meeting will vary, but generally it's Simo um, like the coach, the footy manager, yeah, okay. and maybe your line coach. Yeah, okay. um, that's it in your exit meetings towards. Yeah, yeah. I've always wondered that. Yeah. It's always at the end. So basically, once you have your exit meeting, you're done. Go have your holiday. Do what you have to do. See you when we're back. Yeah. Um, and that's your okay for your end of the season. So I come back to Melbourne. Simo said, "All I want from you is to just. I don't care about your training over the break because he knew I was a bit of a workhorse yeah. with my training." He said, I just want you to enjoy your break and come back to preseason day one, just healthy. Yeah. Let go see your surgeon, see this, see that. Anyway, I had a pretty big appointment with Mark um, in Melbourne in that um, November or after the finals, so October it would have been. And um, I remember I got the scan and saw him and I remember he was sitting here and um, it's the old St. Vincent's there in Gipps Street. Okay. And yeah. the MCG's in the background. Yeah. And I remember he said to me, he took his glasses off and said, they might like the surgery didn't pass. Like there's, we can't do much. Like it's not working. And I'm like. And are you limping at this point? Uh, I felt pretty comfortable or? at that point. Yeah. Um, because we, we were very tedious with it. They were very tedious with it. And um, ultimately if that surgery had failed, they really had no option but to fuse the foot fully. And it was a, quite an intrusive um, surgery, which meant to get to it, they had to snap my foot open, pack it with bone, redo the foot uh, as in the ligaments and all that, um, and then put um, bolts and screws in it wow. to fuse the foot together. Um, so then that joint had no chance of any fluid getting in yeah. because the bone, the bone would be fully fused together. So... Anyway, that's ultimately what we had to do. And, um, so you did the fusion? Oh, yeah, I had no real choice because we were close to being in a – well, I don't like saying it because it's not, a, I guess, a good thing to throw around, but there was getting to a point where the foot, the navicular could have concaved and um, then I would have 
had a dead foot. Yeah. So, um, you know, which ultimately means potential wheelchair or whatever it is. Or And as a young guy at your age, age, yeah, forget about and that. And, mate, I was, I was 19 at the time. Yeah. Um, and it come to a point where it was like, okay, let's just get back to a bit of normality. It'd been about 12 months or so where I was, at, I was off legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm quite an active person. Um, well, I was. Um, still try to be. Mm. <laughs> but um, Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a very long story cut short wow. to the so sequence of fu- events. So you get it fused? I get it fused and that ultimately meant I had to retire. Oh, so um, you, okay, so the fusion meant that you couldn't play again? Nah, so uh, there's a lot of things that I couldn't do. Um, to be honest, I – Busted my clacker off with rehab and that um, and to the point try where, and get it going, yeah. m- like you know, m- I remember the days my mum my would take me to the gym and I'd be at the gym just trying to fire up my nerves to try and strengthen my calf as much as possible, strengthen whatever part I can because I can't couldn't move my foot. It was like a block um, to try give myself the best possible opportunity yeah. to just be normal. Um, and it come to a point where I had a fantastic recovery. Um, you know, I, I'm able to, I guess, run in a straight line. Yeah. Um, still run okay, but the things obviously that an AFL footballer or an elite sportsman need to do, I couldn't back it up. Like it would just flare up. It, it, you know, I'd be at more risk of other things. Like um, if I fractured that area or had little stress fractures, it's obviously a lot more complex. So, um, you know, I look at it from a positive perspective, you know, being told you'd be lucky to walk maybe without a limp again and this and that to now being able to walk, being able to take my kid, uh, my, my son for, a, I guess, a walk or run with him with a pram or whatever it is. And, you know, hopefully my daughters when they're bring a bit older. To, bring him to a 30th birthday. Literally bring that was him the to best. a 30th birthday. That was the best. He was the king of the dance floor. Yeah, literally. And I got to chase him around. He was the best. Everyone wanted to dance with him, man. Yeah. So, you know, being able to do that, like back then I was thinking, why me, why me, why me? Um, but now I look at it and say, well, you know what? That's a part of my life. Um, it was tough, but you kept moving forward and you got through it. Yeah, so, I don't reckon you'd be where you are now with like the drive that you've got with work um, <clears throat> that you've got. I don't, I don't reckon without that happening because like you've had a, you've had something like that you've worked so hard for taken away from you. Like obviously and we'll get into Cavolt Electrical, but <laughs> I think you're already making the waves in that industry as well right now mm. um, with what you're doing there. So I don't really think failures are really an option. Well, nah, not really. Like I turned around and when I had the conversation, I was obviously, I had to be on crutches and moon boots and this and that for about, geez, it was probably, I reckon, six plus months wow. like post the Fusion. surgery. That yeah. Bad, huh? It took a long time. And um, did you reco- had you retired once you did that surgery? Yeah, so we retired. We did it over the break. I think it was announced um that you were gonna retire. Yeah, over that January break. Yeah. Um and did you still have a year to run on your contract there? Yeah. So West Coast mate, West Coast uh, I'm still forever indebted to the footy club like the people there um west coast were amazing like in regards to obviously helping me um get back to melbourne um trying to make sure that i was as comfortable as possible i didn't have to do a thing to basically move a a double story house back to melbourne to my family um classy individuals um mate you know what that footy club 
um, and it was led from the top, um, from Nisbet and all that. Um, they looked after their own, um, and you know, uh, my parents and family were, I guess, very um, appreciative as Europeans yeah, to no see idea. that the footy club had my back. Um, Dad's and, dad's dropping out the uh, rakia. Literally, <laughs> uh, and you know that was that was the biggest thing. Like I didn't have to do a thing, and they 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 asked me with my contract what I wanted to do, how I wanted it done, because obviously I still had my contract there, um, like as in um, with payment and that. And mate, they looked after me throughout the whole pr- process, yeah, like just classy, um, which was amazing. And even with the AFL and stuff like that, like they helped me with. Um, the next phase of what having to do. So, yeah, I couldn't speak highly enough of the That's footy awesome. club and guys in there, guys like Peter Staples and and um, Serge that were inside the footy club that looked after the player welfare um, and looking after guys, I guess, that are struggling a little bit um, with, you know, whether it's mentally or just off the field or whatever it is. Homesickness or whatever it those is, Those yeah. guys are amazing, you know, yeah. So um, and even the footy club as a whole. Because like, those guys that you got drafted with now, I think the only ones that are left is Jackson Nelson, I think. So Jacko's, yeah, at the Waffle. He's, I think, skipper of the Waffle side. Yeah, okay, cool. And, and then um, obviously Liam Duggan's obviously. Duggan's still in he's there. He's still obviously going to be in there. Tom Lamb, no. No, nah, Tom Lamb's not. <laughs> Alec Waterman was there. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Went um, that's right. He did too. Yeah. Yeah. So he his brother's Jake. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was a good crew. Like we still keep in touch. Obviously, life goes crazy. Um, when they come back down to Melbourne, I'd always see him. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, we still keep in touch, but also life, life, life goes in different ways, and uh, sometimes you just get caught out, and you you're too busy, you know, and um, and you just carry on with life, you know, which so. is funny now the way that where it's at. So obviously we reconnect on uh footy finishes and everything. And then obviously we've reconnected, not reconnected. We've always been friends on Instagram, whatever. And then when you, you know, saw obviously you were doing some stuff with Cavalt Electrical. I'm like, what's this spark emoji in yeah. his name? Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, you know, we caught up for a coffee to see if there was any synergy that we could try and help you with through work. Um, you know, with any of my clients or, you know, whatever it might be to try and just get you some extra, some extra work. And then that's obviously gone through the roof yeah. for you. And I haven't really had to do anything other than do an introduction, to be honest, you've taken care of the rest, which has been amazing. Um, but Cavalt Electrical, talk to me about it because you finished footy and you've gotten your foot, you've gotten your foot fused and now you're fixing fuses. Yeah. Literally fixing that, fuses. Huh? Pretty that good. One. I like that one. Yeah. I like that one. That should be a new little motto, man. Literally. Yeah. Nah, but yeah. So Cavalt, like, Obviously, you know, post footy, my dad sat me down and he said, um, Dame, whatever you put toward your footy and whatever you put toward that part of your life, if you, I know it doesn't seem like this right now, but if you put this towards that attitude towards the rest of your life and what your career is moving forward, he's like, you'll be successful. 100%. And that's still stuck in my head still to this day. Um and um, basically, I took a little while to find my feet, but I was lucky that I was under the tutelage. Um, I kind of, I guess, I didn't turn around and fold into the feet of a no, position and say, oh, why me, why me? I just kept kind of looking forward um, and moving forward because life still kept going. So obviously become um, a Sparky, did my apprenticeship under some really good, um, some really good individuals um, who still like today I still speak to and um, I'm indebted to them because they gave me the opportunity to do what I'm doing now. 
Um, and yeah, then I turned around and I loved always dealing with people. Um, and when I started my time and as I went through and I started learning the ropes, I loved, I guess, relationship, um, making and, and, and I guess meeting new individuals and getting results for people, um, and servicing people. So always said, okay, electrical is one part of, one part of my life, um, which I enjoy and I wanted to master that and try and be the best electrician that I could possibly be. But also, why can't I bring the two things together and be a good sparky and know what I'm talking about, but also service people and give them results and basically let them wipe their hands clean when they have have an electrician and say it's us, CavVault, whatever. Um, they're not just getting, say, a sparky. They're getting the brand CavVault. Yeah. They're getting myself, um, who's very um, involved in the business um, and I'm on the front line all the time with the guys. Um, it's not like I just dish out the the duties to other people. Um, I think keeping my finger on the pulse is um, probably one of my strong points. Um, and I looked at it, I said, I want to go into business. Went into business pretty young um, with, I guess, electrical. At the start, you obviously deal with a lot of people that – obviously like my father's age, which, you know, you kind of, you're a small fish in a big pond and um, you kind of have to earn the respect of people. It's like me when I went into West Coast and I had to learn earn the respect of the guys and yeah. I did that through my work ethic and um, I guess my attentive, attentiveness and my punctuality and, and getting results. So that's what I did with my business and, you know, started off just, um, I guess, small one, one one man band and um, then obviously connected with some clients and some contacts and stuff like that. And all I did was I said, whatever clients I get, I just want to do a good job. And I basically don't want them to flatter an eye, flutter an eye when um, they choose me because I always say um, even when the phone keeps going, which the phone, you know, sometimes doesn't stop and, you know, my wife – it sacrifices family and stuff like that, but it's all for, I guess, greater good. the greater good. Always look back to it and say, Dame, when you feel like you're under the pump, remember the days when you started and your phone didn't ring at all. True. And you're waiting for that phone call and you're waiting for that job. And you're, you know, you're like, oh, geez, what am I doing next week? Or what am I doing this week? And now I look at it and I say, well, look, I've got a long way to go with the business and with everything. But we're making good yardage and the only reason why I'm making good yardage is I guess I've got a good team around me, I've got good support um, and I've got good networks around me that gave me the opportunity and it's been up to me to deliver on that and I haven't been able to deliver on it without my team. So, um, yeah, I guess the business is going okay but – there's still a very long way to go. I, I love I love what you're doing. Like I, I I reckon. I mean, other than the fact that I've got you saved as a rooster, because um, <laughs> I think you've got the body that I've always wanted. <laughs> but uh, I genuinely think that you're an absolute rooster. But uh, I remember when you when you hit me up on Instagram and I was like, yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, if we can help this guy out, and I spoke to a few people and just said, look, just give him a shot. You know, it's on him if it doesn't work out, type of thing. All yeah. I can do is do the intro and. Um, everyone that I've ever sent you across, you know, including, you know, people that you've done work for, clients, friends, um, you know, referrals that are crossed from the office, like everyone is just over the moon with you. And I mean, uh, what I've loved is the little, little bits and pieces and this is not 
because you're in front of me. So I'm not saying this. Um, one of the smartest people that you can always, uh, I've always found, you always be nice to two people yeah. in my yeah. line of work, the receptionist yeah. um, and, and, and the property managers. Yeah. Because the property managers in my line of work are the ones that are dealing with landlords yeah. and the landlords might ask them, hey, I'm thinking of selling, who should I give it to? Yeah. If you've got a good relationship with them, they'll give you the lead. 100%. Similar with the receptionist. That's always been my line of work, yeah. right? So when you come in and you come strolling into the office with, with uh, donuts and cupcakes yeah. and stuff like that, <laughs> I'm like, this guy is like, I know we don't look alike, but yeah. we our, our vision of business is very, very, yeah. very similar, yeah. um, which is probably why we get on so well. Um, talk to me about those little things. Cause I just think that like, it's not a, uh, I know you don't do it because of us, of a way of keeping, you know, yeah. sweating people up. I know that's just in your character, but you know, it's like us getting a coffee before, yeah. like we're just going to buy each other one. So um, talk to me about that. Cause I think that's more important to me yeah. or as a business doing these little one percenters, I just think that they add up to the final thing because yeah. the next time that the girls in the office need an electrician, well, Damien, Damien brought them that donut. Yeah. So, well, the thing is like, I, I honestly, I genuinely don't do it for say, you know, getting more business and stuff like that. The thing is for me is uh, I'm always a, the type, which I'll always pop in to a client, uh, w whether it's a builder or a client or, a, you know, a real estate agent or whoever, I guess, gives me the opportunity to put bread on the table and, yeah. and help put bread on the table for, say, my employees and my team, I want to repay that faith and, yeah. and I guess, give them that appreciation and respect. Um, so for me to just, me driving and I'm, you know, having to detour a little bit to come say good day and say hello, that for me is just, I think, for a business owner or any person in business is, I guess, not forgetting where you come from yeah. and actually just – you know, respecting these people that, you know, at the end of the day, um, my job is to make it easier for these people. Um, and, you know, you need to know who you're dealing with. You can't have, I guess, the relationship purely just over a computer with an email and this, like an email, do the job, invoice a job. That's not how I operate. I want something tangible. Um, and I, reckon that's, that's, I reckon that's almost why I love you though, because yeah. like you're, you're, you, I, I, I think when it comes to business, um, and this is why I genuinely, um, love giving you work in particular <laughs> is because you're an old soul yeah. in some ways, which is awesome. Like that old, that older style stuff, like he's not, um, like, you know, you're not a massive Instagram person. Nah. You're not a massive social media person. Like it's an, you're an incredibly old soul. Like I know I love it. I respect it. Cause in a lot of ways I am too, but all these little things that you do, um, and just checking in in the office and just saying g'day and is everything okay? And, you know, calling up afterwards and, um, making sure that you're treating that our client, like they are. The, your only client, yeah. I think making someone feel that way. I, I feel like that's what you've, that's what you've almost pat nutted, nutted down mm. because that's, that's the feedback that we get. Like you're dealing with some of, you know, the, you're dealing with builders, you're dealing with everyone and now you're doing stuff interstate. Like yeah. you've built yeah. a good, you've built a team and you're, you're hands on, but you're almost running the business more than being hands on now as well. Yeah. Well, it, it, it come to that at the start, when you start your hands on, you, I guess, leading from the front, yeah. On the tools and on site, and sometimes yeah, you have to get your hands dirty and stuff like that. I but getting my hands dirty. 
Oh, I love it. Yeah. It you, keeps me busy, especially when you've got my, three kids. and I know. And this is the thing. Now, you've got two twins. you got, well, you got, sorry, I should say two twins. I just yeah. say twins. Twins. Is that right? Yeah. I always get that wrong. So talk me through it just quickly before. Yeah. So you got, because your, your journey has been incredible, as I said, from AFL footballer to injured to foot fused to foot fused to yeah. fixing fuses. I'm going to go there again. <laughs> to now running accessible business. Because how many staff have you got now? Um, in Victoria, yeah, we're at about nine nine-ish and and then in queensland yeah we're, we're at about five five or six freaking yeah. awesome so the next time so. that anybody that's listening off here will do like a little humble client 10 percent off mm. code or something yeah that when they need uh their fuse fixed oh, or whatever nice. they need or they've got an investment property out there that they need to get something checked with their switchboard or whatever make sure you contact damien because we're gonna have all these details at the bottom anyway yeah so you've got um and we'll make sure that obviously you're, you're well looked after because this guy is my go-to he's he's just the boss um but now you're you're 27 like I, I, you're older than me man you've got three kids which is just is amazing yeah but you got twins so the girl the names so alaya and ayla are the twins yeah they're that's a tongue twister and they're Love they're it. five months four months years old so cute. um which you know it, it was funny um they were born the day before good friday um and it's a funny story even though like you know i can't play footy or whatever but I've tried to pull the boots on on Good Friday yeah, yeah, and yeah. I committed to that. So I kind of left the wife in, in <laughs> hospital the day after. Like, love, sorry, I need to go. And then she's like, what? I'm like, I kind of committed to just having a bit of a run, you know? Um, and, yeah, so obviously the, so the little gorgeous. pumpkins are Leia and Ayla. And then, um, and then the little, my, my, and the prince? my boy, yeah, I Ivan. So Ivan uh, named after my dad and – it's a funny story that name Ivan. It's um, every firstborn in the in the Kavka household is um, named Ivan. Yeah, okay. And my dad, being a typical, I guess, European Croat. or Croat, he was a bit stubborn and a bit of a rebel when he yeah. was growing up. And um, his dad was tough on him, um, my guido. And um, you know, my dad didn't want me want to call me Ivan, so he <laughs> called me Damien Ivan. Oh. So my middle name's Ivan, and I and my grandfather, my poor grandfather, like you know, the only grandson he yeah, has. He didn't, right? get Ivan. he didn't get an Ivan, so that was that was a meltdown in the family. <laughs> and then obviously when I have my son, I'm as you said a bit you know, old so school. I love it, I and love um, it. tradition sticks home with me a bit. And I name my son Ivan Damien. Oh my God, no way. So it's Ivan Damien Kevka and then um, I'm Damien Ivan and then every single firstborn on the family tree is Ivan. Except apart from me. Oh my God, that's so funny. So man. I guess I'm the rock in the That's gold, In mate. the road. That so, is gold. Um, yeah, he's he's two tomorrow. So Oh my God. He's um a little character. He's gorgeous, man. At my birthday, um, he was a uh, he's a boss. Uh, yeah. He's a boss. Like that. Well, we talked about my birthday, obviously, but uh, that was that was a heaps of fun night yeah. for sure. The little ones running around, but it was he was he was a little rock star. He, um, yeah, he's not shy. He's nah, not he had shy. A so it's good, man. It's it's that's that's almost the best part about it. So and then uh, just I, I mean a lot of the obviously the the Croat boys in the AFL. Yeah. Um, obviously you got uh, Ivan Soldo and yeah. you've got uh, Maric and yeah um and Mate um Kalina yeah yeah um, so know, there's you, a few you know those boys well? Yeah, so we connect a bit. Um, there's obviously Team Croatia that we have um, for the um, – Noah Bolter uh, is also – isn't, isn't yeah, Noah Bolter? Yeah, so Noah Bolter, all the boys. We we keep in contact, you know, like um, uh, Maric is obviously a killer boy originally, yeah, yeah. so that's where, where we're from. Yeah. yeah, so um, we're locals. Um, 
and I guess um, we stay connected and that's something that's special that brings us close sure. together. So when we do have those, um, I guess, those carnivals and stuff like that, we don't see each other a lot, say, during the year. It's just every now and again. If we see each other, how are you? How's things at the soccer club go, or whatever? Go down the Melbourne nights but and sunshine. Yeah, well, yeah. they're more so dinner more or whatever. There's always rivalry there. But um, I love it. Yeah, I um, when it comes to Team Croatia and, and that time, we always um, catch together. up. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I guess that's good. We we share a common ground. 100%. And it brings you together, your culture. 100%. Um, which is good. I try to stay away sometimes yeah. from, like, from the Croatians because, you know, like me, sometimes we can be a bit hot-headed. But, um, well, I yeah. don't know how much more hot-headed you can get because you're also married to a Greek. Yeah, so I married I married my my wife. So we, we, um, we've been together since, geez, year 11. Wow. So it's been- High school sweetheart. It's been a high school sweetheart. It's been, you know, my first, my first, um, my first girlfriend cross, then ending up being my 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 wife, um, and the mother to my kids, and um, yeah, we've been married for nearly three years now, and um, you know, I'll say I've got three kids. She'll say she's got four kids. <laughs> so I'm the biggest of them all. So. Oh, you're such a dilf, man. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> man, and we always try and finish off on the the standard three questions, yeah. um, which we ask for every single hum, humble climb guest. Um, I'll give you the sort of the first one is uh, outside of your. Um, I mean, is there anyone? We try and stick to outside the family, but yep. if there's not, completely fine. Is there anyone from inside, or you know, predominantly outside? But is there anyone from the out from the inside, um, like this work ethic and everything that you this drive that you've mm. got? Um, I guess there's a particular idol that you might maybe idolise someone on hypothetically. Yeah. Well, look, to be honest, it, uh, my my biggest idol is probably my my father, Ivan. Yeah, Big Ivan. Big Ivan. Um, yeah, my my dad. Obviously, um, and and also my grandparents. Mm. Um, my grandparents, I'll touch on them a little bit because from where they come from, um, both my mum's side and my dad's side, they had nothing when they come to Australia. They yeah. just had each other and love and, and family. And with what they made and created and gave all of us an opportunity to have such a better life, like in Italy, because my mum's Italian, um, my nonna, my nonna, nonno, um, you know, come from hard times there with the, the war and obviously, you know, not a lot of opportunity and they come here and they work their way through my grandfather my, and my, my, my baba and my dad's side, they come from Croatia where, um, it was war torn. There was nothing there. My grandfather running away from, you know, a village getting, um, infiltrated, you know, uh, landmine had, had come. Uh, come off about a couple hundred meters away, and he's still got a lump at the back no. of his head from a rock hitting him in the head. Like to see where they've come from, and to see what they've done in their life. Um, heaven, like thank God, my, my or whatever my my nonna nonna aren't with us, which is unfortunate. But to see what they did, and also my grandparents, it's just amazing. Like I think in today's generation, if we were put in that circumstance, we would crumble. Because without a phone, without an iPad, without a PlayStation, without whatever, we crack the sads. 100%. Them, they had nothing. They were lucky to put food on their table. And then from my dad's side, um, you know, obviously his work ethic. And, you know, when I was a kid, I still remember <laughs> I played 
on my birthday, I was five years old. I played under tens, and you always got played in the forward line for your first game. Your, uh, your, I guess, um, to try and kick your goals, yeah. right? And my dad was always there for football games, but during the week, I never saw my dad. He was always working, providing for the family, busted his busted his ass, and he was stuck in traffic that night. It was a Friday night game, and he missed my first two goals ever. Of my football career. No way. And I'm still, uh, still as a, I guess as a 27-year-old kid, I remember that as a five-year-old, you know. But like looking back at it, when my dad wasn't there at times, he was doing it. So I guess for the future, us kids could have an e easier life or give us the best amount of support as possible, whether it's giving you the best education, um, the best opportunity to do well in life. Um, being a resource for, I guess, myself now for business. Um, you know, now it's at a point where I need that uh, support because I'm only 27 at the end of the day. Um, you know, I didn't expect it to have, I guess, the staff and the the work and, and the growth two different divisions that yeah. I've got and multiple divisions within them. Um, so I need that support from someone that's been there and experienced. Um and yeah, I would say he's my biggest idol because um, he he just worked. And to see him retire at forty nine fifty, now you look look at it and you say, "Geez, he's my benchmark." Yeah. So that's that's what I want to be. I want to be at that level, if not better, not for myself, for but family. for my kids yeah, and yeah. my family. So, touch wood, the day I'm not here, my family, my kids, and everyone. I know that I've left a good imprint for them to, I guess, take it to the next level. Um, because they say every third generation blows it, you know? <laughs> they blow it. And I'm the third generation here. <laughs> They're blowing it, man. So, I can't see you blowing it, dude. <laughs> my, my dad says that to me all the time. I said, mate, I'm not blowing nothing, all right? <laughs> I said, I'm not blowing nothing. I don't think you're blowing so, it, man. I'm not going to um, head like yours, to be honest I, with you. I don't, I don't want um, – obviously, I want to teach my son that and my, my girls um, – and I just want them to keep doing it for their family. So it's like, I guess that's how empires are built over years and years and years of hard work and good work ethics. That's how you 100%. kind of build that for your family. I love, I love that answer. It's, 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 it's uh, it sums up a lot of what I think as well. So that's what I, I enjoy that that question so much. Yeah. And you can tell that's what I love about you. You are genuinely an old soul. So <laughs> I, I enjoy, I enjoy it cause I can relate to it. Yeah. Um, that's the best part. Second question. If you could have a billboard, what would it say and why? Um, never die wondering. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, location? Hey. Well, which location are we talking? Is it a DFO or where are we talking? Where would you have it? Uh, where would I have it? I think I'd have to have it. I don't know if you can do it, but I'd, oh. You can do it. Hypothetically, there's a permit. You can put it wherever you want. Where you want it, wherever yeah. you want. It'd have to be somewhere like, you know, right across the Westgate Bridge or something yeah, like okay. that oh, so where you're there. driving up. Maybe like so it's on the Ferris wheel. Yeah, like there yeah, or something. Yeah, on the Ferris wheel so you're driving so as you see it. never die wondering. And, I love and, it. and that's been a quote that I've probably recently, um, recently, I guess, looked at. Um, and it's funny, my dad will laugh when he hears this. Um, I said it to him because, you know, there's opportunities that come and go, never die wondering. Give it, it a crack. 
They've been showing Yvonne. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I love literally. it. I love it, man. That's literally, the best. Man. And the last one, which is uh, which is always a bit of a funny one to finish on, is uh, if you weren't doing what you were doing, so let's just say that you didn't have AFL um, and you didn't have the Cavalier Electrical that you do now, if you weren't doing what, what you were doing, what would be a profession you would love to do and why? My passion is um, the human body and um, as in um, health, fitness and yeah. and um, that sort of thing. So to be honest, and it, it's not out of the equation, I'd, I'd love to really – um, one day have my own um, wellness or performance studio where, okay. you know, I'm able to um, have it. But I guess there's there's performance studios and that out there for, I guess, the, how would you say, it, the upper class and they're, they're costly and I understand why because they take a bit to run. But I really like to do it for the community, um, as in for local footy clubs and stuff like that where kids can get the opportunity to, I guess, um, be exposed, that, yeah. be exposed to, I guess, elite facilities as such. Um, I don't know how it would work, but I really like to where you have, you know, your recovery zone. Start you have the ground up. You have your physiotherapists or um, osteos. Um, you have one of each that you can rely on, but you base it to help the community um, rather than just going for your elite athletes because I think there's a lot of kids out there that, you know, they might not be they might be disadvantaged or they might not get the opportunity and they never really progress it because they just say, Oh, it's too hard. Whereas maybe there's something out there that can give them a kick to keep giving it a crack. So I'll I'll that is probably my passion. Um I probably would have done physiotherapy or osteopathy. Yeah, okay. Um because that's my passion. Um but uh I guess this is what I'm doing, mate. So but you know, as I said, you never die wondering. You never know what happens. Man, I'll never say, I think, uh, I've always said, like, I'd love to open up a little cafe or something. Yeah. So I think you've always got to have, like, your job that you love and you enjoy, and I love real estate, but I think you've always got to have, if you can have your, you know, another little side hustle that, well, that ticks things over for you. It's, um, a, it's a job. You, it's not a job if it's your your passion. 100%. Man. Like, my passion is dealing with people and stuff like that. So Which is the best part of both our professions, which is amazing. You deal with people and then you're like, yeah, it's six o'clock, seven o'clock at night where you get off the phone or whatever it is, but you're like, oh, well, it is what it is. Best part is, man, you've got the best excuse to go home because you've got three gorgeous children, man, which is amazing. And from a serious point of view, I can't thank you enough for coming on because I know we've been talking about this for I don't know how many months and then yeah. I was overseas and you, you've you been crazy busy. So I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. You're, you're a rock star. It's amazing to see your growth from where you were 10 years ago, obviously, to not that you were anywhere bad, but obviously from, you know, getting drafted to going through the system to having it cut down to now where you're at because, um, yeah, it's just amazing. And, uh, I'm looking forward to many, many, many years ahead of this friendship, man, that continues to blossom in a good, positive way. Yeah, it's no, I appreciate you having me on and, um, yeah, just the biggest thing, mate, like for people out there, just give it a crack with what you do, you know, like, um, when times are tough, there's always a lot at the end of the tunnel. I love, I love this little saying, and it's uh, your current destination is your current situation is not your final destination. Uh, and I love that little thing. So it's, it's as true as that. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, continue to show us plenty of love, share as much as you need to. If you're uh, interested in, in uh, hoodies or ho the ho our, our awesome hoodies and our hats, feel free to get in touch. But Damo, you're a star. You're a dilf. I, <laughs> I call it to you all the time. You're an absolute rooster. I love, you. I love me, your guts. I and I'll, uh, I'll continue to bring this out and uh, we'll continue going forward and smashing Caval Electrical. Thanks, mate. Enjoy, guys. Thanks so much. And we'll chat soon.